I can show you a show about Dungeons and Dragons called The Cock Die. It's a podcast about that subject matter. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of The Cock Die Podcast. For those of you that listened to episode zero, thanks for joining us. For those who are new, my name is Gary, and I'm your host. Today's a really exciting show, not just because it's our first episode, but also because of the news we're bringing to you. First, I'd like to talk a little bit about my guest. His name is Anthony, and he owns Talon and Claw. They are the makers of wonderful D&D accessories made from wood. He makes everything by hand, and they're just amazing. We had the opportunity to talk about some of the ways that Dungeons & Dragons is helping him overcome challenges in his personal life. It's quite an amazing conversation, and I'm really looking forward to sharing it with you. But first, the news. We got news recently that Dungeons & Dragons was going to be hosting D&D Celebration from September 18th to September 20th. It's an online event, and it's going to be similar in ilk to Dungeons & Dragons Live, but somewhat different. It's a community event. It's going to be by the community for the community, and is going to be kicking off the Icewind Dale Rime of the Frostmaiden storyline. As you know, Rime of the Frostmaiden premieres September 15th, and the weekend following is going to be dedicated to playing in Icewind Dale. It's going to be the largest D&D virtual event. It's running a Dungeons & Dragons Adventures League epic, and it may be the largest single Dungeons & Dragons event ever. It's taking place in Icewind Dale and will feature the Great Knucklehead Rally, which takes place around a fishing tournament and things may go awry. If you're interested in participating, you can sign up at the Yawning Portal and continue to use the Yawning Portal to sign up for future events. It's yawningportal.dnd.com. There'll be an insider look at other D&D products, community panels on different topics, and there's more information on that to come. It'll be primarily for characters level 1 through level 4. I think the most exciting part about D&D Celebration is that this adventure is going to have the potential to impact the rest of the Dungeons & Dragons Adventures League season. So if the heroes win and manage to save the Great Knucklehead Rally, it will be affected in the future storyline. But if they manage to fail, so too will that be written in. Players have the ability to impact the story in a really meaningful way. If you haven't played in Dungeons & Dragons Adventures League Epic, here's how it works. You're grouped up with a party of similarly leveled characters and you're playing an adventure. But you're playing the same adventure as many other tables. You're working together to achieve a common goal. Sometimes you'll have different objectives, but ultimately you're all trying to save the day. And sometimes there's interactive elements where a player can go from table to table and help somebody who needs it. It's all pretty amazing. We were told that there may be as many as a thousand tickets available for this, perhaps even 1500, but they go on sale August 24th, today. So if you're interested, head to yawningportal.dnd to sign up. Perhaps the most exciting announcement, though, is the new book coming in November, Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. In development for one and a half years, Jeremy Crawford said he was excited to finally announce it. You'll be able to experience all the gameplay options. It's a very strong follow-up to Xanathar's Guide to Everything, hence the name. It's going to provide players and Dungeon Masters a bunch of new options to level up their game. As you probably know, 
Tasha is one of the most storied characters in D&D. She was raised by Baba Yaga and becomes a great adventurer in Greyhawk, a frenemy of Morden Kanan in addition to being a powerful wizard in her own right. One of the main features in the book is going to be new rules options. It's the idea that you can create a custom character origin, a backstory that will help set one character apart from another. You can take some of the traits from your race and modify them so that you can better reflect your character the way you want to play them. It serves as a template for your character's lineage, which is separate from your race. It'll also include new subclasses for every race in the game and new class features for every player's handbook class. Many of them have appeared in Unearthed Arcana already, which is the most popular Unearthed Arcana since they released 5th edition. The entire Artificer class also appears in this book outside of the Eberron supplement, but it's been tweaked a little bit, so it's at home in any D&D world as opposed to just Eberron. It includes lots of character options, including spells and magic items. Some of the new spells that were teased include a cantrip, Mind Sliver, and Tasha, the star of the book, also gets two new spells as well, Tasha's Caustic Brew and Tasha's Otherworldly Guise. It will include magic tattoos and a new collection of magic items that will serve as magic spellcasting focuses for all the spell classes of the game. Jeremy Crawford noted that that was a bit of an oversight and it's something they wanted to address in this book. There's an artifact Taroka deck that you can use to capture evil spirits, but as you use the cards, the spirits might get out and escape and you can recapture them. We didn't get a full look at the new subclasses as members of the community were assigned to be establishing subclasses on the 24th, but we did get some hints into what we can see. One of the things that Jeremy Crawford did say is that everything in this book is optional. It's an optional expansion to the game and you could keep it to the core books and anything outside of the core books is optional, but he suggested that lots of players will take the opportunity to expand their game. And thinks that people are going to love that they can fully customize their characters. He thinks it's really going to open up the game for people and allow them to play the character that they want to play. The new section on character development is going to allow people to create a custom lineage which has traits in it which replace racial bonuses. At 192 pages, the book is exactly the same length as Xanathar's Guide, and it's going to allow you perhaps even better than Xanathar's, to customize how your character feels to you, and it's going to introduce new features for base classes, which is going to allow you to customize your desired play experience as much as possible. From what we were told, the Beastmaster is going to get a bit of an upgrade with three Primal Beast companions, and an Aberrant Mind subclass is going to be joined in the book, introducing Psionics, something we saw in Unearthed Arcana. It's not a Greyhawk setting book per se, but it is the 4th 5th edition book that's going to feature Greyhawk in some way, and the 2nd that features a Greyhawk character. You may have seen, Wizards recently recommitted to its position on diversity, and they said that this is one of the multiple books where they're going to be demonstrating a shift in how they handle certain things in the game, particularly race options. This new rules option is going to give you, as a player, a major tool in creating a character that's not bound by species archetypes. It's right in the handbook, and people may want to play a character that doesn't hew to those archetypes. Some people are uncomfortable with ability score modifiers that are baked into a PC species or culture, and the lineage options are going to allow players to play with that. It's something that Jeremy Crawford said we'd see more of in their future books. 
which is giving people the option to walk down the path that they want to walk down without leading them by the nose or forcing them down a prescribed path. He said that the system isn't complex and you're not going to have to jump through hoops to use it and it's a very smooth path to make your character sing. There won't be any new races in Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, but it sounds like the lineage and origin options are going to give people plenty to work with. When asked what would be the most impactful change or something that might surprise people, Jeremy Crawford said it would be how much liberty players are going to have to customize their character. With everything in the book that includes new feats, traits, lineages, the ability to customize their races, group patron options, magic tattoos, new magic items and spells, there's more than ever that people can use to customize their characters, perhaps even more than Xanathar's Guide to Everything. It's clear that Tasha's Cauldron of Everything is going to be the largest expansion of rules since Xanathar's Guide to Everything in 2017, and I, for one, can't wait. Anthony from Talon and Claw, thanks so yep. much for taking the time to chat with me today. So how did you first get involved in Dungeons and Dragons? So I got involved in Dungeons and Dragons by way of my girlfriend's friend, and they she always played, and so um, my girlfriend wanted to spend more time with her friend, and the only way to kind of make that happen was to play D&D. So naturally we, we made characters and we went over there on a Sunday and that was my first introduction to D&D and that was probably a year and a half ago. Yeah. Do you have any particular memories of your first game? Um, I do. Like I played, a, I played as a dragonborn barbarian, which I think may be like a, a popular choice for, for new people, you know, playing something easy that just fights and is a dragon. Like who wouldn't want to be a dragon? Um, so yeah, I remember playing the first time in like our first encounter, like we fought these toads, these like battle toads. And, uh, I remember like defeating a bunch of them, like with my strength or whatnot. And it was really, it was like a cool feeling. It was like, man, I'm, I'm like doing good, you know? So yeah, it was, it was a really fun experience. And then after that, it's kind of like, it's a rabbit hole. Like you just dive into it. Like, so yeah. So how many people played at your first game? Was it just you and your girlfriend and her friend? It was me, my girlfriend, my daughter, and her husband as players. And she DM'd. Got it. Yeah. Cause you said that you, you got your, your daughter involved in, in Dungeons and Dragons and she's quite loving it. Right. Oh, she she loves it so much. We actually just got a her first character sketch done. Um, we were gonna go to GaryCon this last year, and it got canceled, obviously. And one of the artists that was gonna be there, we looked him up and said, like, okay, well, we'll just support him because you know he was planning on doing a bunch of commissions and having a booth there. So we we reached out to him and got a, a sketch done, and we posted on Twitter but she was just so excited she loves this storytelling aspect the character creation like she's the level one character that has a 10-page backstory like so she really gets into it she helps me she paints all our party's minis so she's she's all in and her character Helen has quite the story right yeah she is a uh halfling cleric 
who um, kind of worships Paylor. Um, and she always introduces herself as like, hi, I'm Helen Shortberry. You can call me Helen for short. So she has like her own little tagline and it's, it's just so fitting. And it's, it's cool to play with her. It's cool to like, you know, watch her enjoy it and sit down at a table with a bunch of adults, like us friends. And then she's like the little 13 year old that brings kind of the, the child, childish aspect to it. Kind of the, the light side of things. Cause we'd probably all be like murder hobos if she wasn't there. Yeah, for sure. Dungeons and Dragons has an amazing way of bringing people together and allowing them to interact with each other in a way that's different from most other interactions that we have today. I think it's a, it's an amazing tool for bringing people together myself. So your company talent and claw has been open for just under a year, just over a year. We, I guess if you go, our first listing on Etsy was February 9th of last year. So just over a year. Um, yeah. And that's how we kind of got started too, was with my girlfriend's friend. Um, that December before was her birthday. And we said like, okay, well, what could we get her? She really likes D and D and stuff. So we were looking and my girlfriend came across uh, wooden dungeon master screens and I come from making like furniture and stuff. And I was like, I could whip her up one of those. That doesn't seem too difficult. You know, it's like within my wheelhouse. So we made her a DM screen and we, we gifted it to her for her birthday. And then she was, she was blown away. She was impressed. And she's like, you know what? You could like probably make a, a good chunk of side money, you know, like selling these on Etsy. And I'm like, really? Like that many people are into it. Cause I was still, that was before I even played D and D. So here I was making accessories for something I knew nothing about. And uh, so she, so we, we explored it more and I'm like, okay, I'll just put a Etsy listing up and we did and it just started growing and here we are today like i'm still blown away like with how the community has responded to us and the interaction we get on a daily basis you know well yeah the reviews you get from your store are incredible everybody loves the stuff that you send them so do you do you make it all yourself by hand I do. I mean, I cheat and I have a CNC machine for my, for my dice vaults to cut out the hexes and everything like that. But once they get off that machine, there's still about, there's still quite a bit of work that has to go into it to make it a finished, you know, piece that I'm proud of, you know, all the sanding, all the putting the magnets in and all the finish work and, you know, inspecting each one. Like there's still a lot of work that machine, it, it cuts down a lot of time, but it still has to be hand finished. So yeah, that and the DM screens are all, they're all done by hand. And Talon and Claw isn't, is not your day job, right? It is. Oh, you're doing it full time. It is. That's it's, great. It's full time plus. I mean, we're, I'm, I work probably, probably on a good day, probably 12, 12 to 14 hours on Talon and Claw. And I mean, it's, it's a labor of love. Like I'm, I enjoy every minute of it. My girlfriend hates talking about it all the time, you know, in the evenings, like, what if we did this? We, oh, we need it, you know, and she's just like, okay, can we just go on a walk? And I'm like, okay, yeah. So yeah, this is my full-time job. Um, it's been my full-time job since about May of last year. Um, I was working construction and 
my job just disappeared. You know, one day I had a job, the next day I didn't. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, shoot. And I was a, I'm still an army reservist, but I had to leave for Kentucky um, for my summer training in like three weeks. So I wasn't like, well, am I really going to put hustle in to go find a job when I just got to tell them I got to leave for three weeks, you know, go play army. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to hustle town and claw. I'm going to see if I can make this work. And it's, it's really taken off and it's, it's, it's awesome to enjoy what I do. It's awesome to interact with people. And, you know, if it wasn't for this whole pandemic going on, like I would love to get out to conventions and meet everybody that's made this possible for us. Yeah, because you were supposed to go to you were supposed to go to Gary Con, you said, and you were supposed to go to Jasper's Game Day, right? Um, well, we did Jasper's Game Day obviously online. Oh, yeah. um, we got tickets to Gary Con, or my girlfriend got them for me, just as my Christmas present. Like that, we weren't going there to set up a booth or anything like that. I was because I talked to her so much. I was like, I just want to go to Gary Con and play with people. I want to meet people. I don't want to sell people stuff. I just want to meet people talk with people like get to know people and then you know out of that people are going to know who you are and they're obviously either going to buy from you or not but that's not the goal I want to I want to have experiences with people <clears throat> and if you know I make them something for their game that makes it better then that's that's a win-win um so we were super bummed that it got canceled as well as everybody else was um but then we planned we talked with uh Fenway about meeting up at the mock sporting house in june for jasper's game day like an actual event mm -hmm. and then that got canceled and then i said like well hey can i participate in jasper's game week and she was you know 100 percent on board with that and i had so much fun with that like i had so much fun playing with you yeah we met yeah full dis um, full disclosure we played in our first stream game together in support right? of suicide prevention for jasper's game week yeah. And then, I mean, that even just doing that, like that was so much fun to watch in the play. Like I'm not that great at like role play yet. And I mean, you know, I, I'm still a little shy, like camera shy and stuff like that. So, you know, but to play and to be a part of the whole event and like donate items and stuff like that. Like I got a message today that put me in tears from somebody that won a DM screen. Like, you know, she was so thankful. She randomly popped into the stream you know, because her son's name was Jasper and she's a survivor of suicide. And she's like, I happen to win your screen. And like, I'm DMing my first session coming up and like D and D's helped me through that. And I'm like, that's incredible. Like that made my whole day. Like, so this community is pretty awesome. And to see Fenway, who's still a teenager, you know, um, put something together like that was, was truly incredible. Yeah, you were all over supporting Jasper's Game Week. You gave out multiple DM screens, dice vaults. You participated in the stream. Obviously, I know you sponsored a game as well. Um, do you think you'll participate again next year? Almost oh, definitely. Yeah. If if they'll have me, I'm pretty sure they will. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. I've I've met so many people. Like I met you, obviously. Yeah. I met. Um, Thomas from Deep Sea RPG and the Drifters Atlas. Like I was on his Twitch stream last week, mm -hmm. you know, doing some world building. Um, we've stayed kind of in touch on Twitter with our whole party that we even played with, you know, like joking around what happened. So, I mean, it was, it was a ton of fun. So I would definitely 100%
do it again, do in-person events and any other charities really. Yeah, I would participate again as well if if they asked me for sure. It was a ton of fun. And I actually, Jeremy is a real life friend of mine. So getting to play with him along with you and Amy and everybody else was a really positive experience. So I'm glad that I, glad that I decided to jump in feet first for sure. Uh, who knows? Will there be an, will there be another stream? Will, will Mixon and Flip ride again? It's hard to say. <laughs> but <laughs> that- uh, I think Amy said that she she'd be down for it. Maybe we can we could plan it. We'll just have to we'll just have to bug her on Twitter. And yeah. Wanted to run another charity stream for us for sure. Right. I might run out of songs. I who knows. We came up one with one this last weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, we did for your for your game with Todd Kenrick. Yeah, that was pretty good. I actually looked up the the lyrics for a song that Anthony mentioned and was trying to, to help him write a, a write a song for, for his game. But uh, he did most of it. He did most of it, but uh, it didn't get performed. Right. <laughs> but, but it just gives you an excuse to play a bard next time. Right. So um, the, the, the stream that we played in um is Mixon a character you played before? Was he based on someone? Where did you get the idea to play that character and, and name him Mixon? Oh man, you're going deep. Um, so Mixon is a fellow soldier that passed away when I was deployed. Um, and as far as like Jasper's game day was concerned, I wanted to kind of create a character that <clears throat> for the whole suicide awareness um, I've had probably 18 to 20 of my friends that I deployed with commit suicide. So when I was creating that character, I was like, you know, who is Mixon? Mixon's kind of this guy that's fought in a lot of wars, fought in a lot of battles. And this evil has taken a lot of his friends away. And so Mixon is on a quest to find this evil and to defeat it. So I kind of like, around the I know that didn't get brought up within like the stream but like mm-hmm. as a personal note that was kind of like my inspiration behind Mixon and naming him Mixon after you know my friend that passed away and then you know kind of he's on a quest to find out why all his other friends died so so that was the inspiration is a little it's a little personal a little deep you know but that's that's kind of what D&D allows you to do yeah i mean i i spoke to somebody once who talked about how D&D, my personal view, as I've mentioned, is that D&D connects people together. And I did an interview with somebody once who talked about how one of their friends realized that they were trans by playing a character of the opposite gender to the one that they were born as. And I, it's not just connecting people with each other, but better connecting people with themselves. And I, I don't think there are many pastimes that can affect people in that way that can bring about this sort of self-healing and, and catharsis. It's in some ways, it's more than a game. It's a, it's an opportunity to, to be yourself. And I think in a digital world where people are taking hundreds of photos of themselves to put on Instagram, that that opportunity is, is, something really to treasure 
and I think it's it's very therapeutic. Like I've watched um, other like doctors, like psychologists, and and even like Satine Phoenix has mentioned it a lot. She likes to study how D and D, you know, in battling like PTSD, is a very very valuable tool. And, you know, something that I've been wanting to do, and I think as Talon and Claw gets more established and I can kind of like, I'm not working all the time, like making things. And we get to the point where we have, we have some employees and stuff and it kind of frees me up. Like I really want to use Talon and Claw as a, as a vehicle to maybe do like veteran, like PTSD, like one shots, like set up charity events where we go. And, you know, if I go to a a veteran's home or something like that, like where I could take D and D and have people that, you know, I kind of click with, you know, the, the whole military background and it could be very therapeutic. Like it helps me, like even with D and D, um, you know, like I have PTSD, like I'm diagnosed with it. Um, I suffer from it on like an anxiety standpoint, like where I'm always watching, I'm always like, go, go, go. Um, but like D and D makes me, makes me focus. Like when we're doing a live stream video, like I have to focus on the story. I yeah. can't let my brain travel off or I'm going to look like a big dummy. Cause I don't know what's going on in the story. So it kind of forces me to watch. So I struggle with reading, you know, I can't sit still to read. Like I watch the movies, you know, mm-hmm. my girlfriend's like, you need to watch or read Dune. And I'm like, no, no chance. Like it's not going to happen. I tried to like do the audio book. I tried, I can't focus on that, but you know, watching something or doing and, you know, D&D, like diving into material and diving into character creation, it puts me in a book. It kind of helps me be better at something that I'm not good at. And it helps me, you know, kind of disconnect from those troubles. So, I mean, that's, it's kind of a, it's very therapeutic and I love it a lot, you know, where you can step into a character and just let go of things. Yeah. uh, It's amazing. I have, um, my first experience with third edition Dungeons and Dragons, and this was in the early 2000s, much earlier than it wasn't quite as generally as accepted now as it is was as it is now as it was then, rather the other way around. And there was a psych was he a psychologist? He was a psychologist. He was doing his PhD, and he wanted to use Dungeons and Dragons as a tool to help at risk risk youth develop enhanced problem solving skills and team building skills that they might not be able to get otherwise. So exactly what you're saying is uh, definitely something that can, that can help people who are struggling. And I think part of the, the amazing thing about Jasper's game day is that it's all building up to using this game that we love and that has the ability to bring people together, but also can has this side where it can be leveraged for something so positive. Right. And I mean, even, even not like a traumatic side, like PTSD and all that stuff. Like I know um, the owner of Cauldron and Tower, he's a, he's a college professor and he got a college program approved where he teaches like D and D like in how it's like, it's, I think the course title is D and D IRL, like in real life. Nice. So it teaches all the skills that you learn in D and D and puts them in a practical, like in real life. 
thing. So, I mean, it's, it has so many applications. Like there's so many people of all different types that play it and it's, it's a great community. Yeah. I, I think the thing that I find unique about Dungeons and Dragons is that it can bring so many different people together. People who on the face of it might not look like they should be sitting together, but they all come together. They're having a great time from different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different creeds, different genders. And we're all able to come together and share this passion of this game. And it's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing tool. So I'm glad that I, glad that I found it again a few years ago. I started playing a while ago, first edition, but um, it's definitely something I, I lost and I've come back to over time. So recently, Talon and Claw started a Twitch stream. And I know that you've been doing some gaming recently. What, what are you hoping to do with the Talon and Claw's Twitch stream? What are your hopes for it? My hope is just to have fun. Like it's not, there's no like professional like goal to it. Like would I love to become like a Twitch affiliate and like all that stuff? Yes. And we may get there before this, this airs. Um, but it was, it was me and at GM Travis on Twitter. Like we've been talking like, well, we should just stream it. And like, what if, cause I know there's like, we have quite a few Twitter followers and like, mm-hmm. what if we just opened up our games like it doesn't take anything to push a button to say start streaming and for people to come in and watch and it gives people an opportunity to like watch us have fun people like watching games in general so you know it's it's more of a way for the community to come hang out essentially like it's almost like you're sitting on my couch with me like I'm watching the chat like you can ask me anything we can talk we can do it so that's that that was the main motivation behind it was like how can I you know, open up to everybody. Like if people want to come hang out, ask questions, you know, watch us play some games, be silly, whatever, then cool. If not, whatever. Like I'm just literally pushing start recording and I'm, I'm just being myself. So there's really no rhyme or reason to it. It's just a way for people to come and connect with us and me to connect with people. Like we've had some, some people show up multiple times and they stay for the whole stream and we talk the entire time. So it's like, I'm making friends without being able, like being in different parts of the world. So that's the goal behind it. You know, we may do like live stream games or something in the future. Um, maybe do some charity events or something like that. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's just another idea and something to connect with the community. Yeah, we've got a pretty amazing community to connect with. I know some of the people that I met through Jaspers were amazing and I'm sure will like you and I and, and some of the other folks from our game to just keep building those relationships. And and then when next year you go to Gary Con, because I actually was scheduled to go to Gary Con too. Oh man. Yeah. And um <laughs> very disappointed. I stubbornly said, I'm going, it doesn't matter. And then they canceled the connect convention officially so i'm like well i'm not going for no convention i was willing to be to to brave the virus for for a convention but not for no convention so i know that you recently started a kickstarter for 
your whiskey, whiskey barrel dice vaults. And it funded fully in something like three minutes and you're over 2000% funded now. Right. Um, yeah. At the time of recording this, we're at like 2300%. Yeah. We funded in three minutes. Um, it, it's been an unreal experience. I know when this airs, like it'll be down the road a little bit mm -hmm. and it may still yeah. be going or not, but to see the community's reaction in like a product that you make and an idea that you have, and then the launch it out there on Kickstarter, like in the see it, I knew there was going to be a certain demand, but not the demand that it got. And I'm just like, what, what, you know, like it was a, it was a crazy first day. I mean, we did $17,000 in the first day for a dice vault. Yeah. You know, but these dice vaults are so cool. Like they have so much history behind them. They have a great smell. They're, they're unique. You're not going to find them, you know, anywhere else. Like it's not just lumber stores don't, you know, sell whiskey barrel lids, you know? So, you know, I have to ship in pallets of these, mm. you know, so it's, you have to go get it, you know? So it's, it was incredible and it still is incredible and I can't wait to start making them. Um, we're doing like shot glasses with talent and claw on it as like a thank you for all the people that pledge 50 and above. And then we got some custom art done for the, limited edition smugglers coffee roast which their coffee is amazing do a little plug there um but yeah we got like some holographic whiskey barrel mimic stickers made up and so the whole experience has been kind of fun like what can we give everybody like this is it's like it's fun like it's it's really and i could see why a lot of people do kickstarters because it's like you know okay i got this idea do you guys want it and then everybody says yeah or everybody says no you know so it's it's been a really great experience and we've got a follow-up kickstarter in mind that um will probably be bigger than this one really hopefully it's still playing on the whiskey barrels but we're gonna go go bigger with it okay so this right. is kind of our get our toes wet because this is our first one and it did amazingly well well i i think the timing the timing of the Kickstarter helped too, probably in that you'd just been all over Jasper's game stream with all of these eminent D and D folks, you know, you were giving things away. People were loving the products. I know you debuted a product that you're going to be, we're going to be talking about in a little bit. Um, uh, and people were loving it. And I'm sure that contributed to it as well, that the Kickstarter happened sort of right after that game week. Right. And we kind of, not to say we rushed through it together, but we put that Kickstarter together in just like three weeks, you know, like I already made like a few uh, whiskey barrel vaults for Smuggler's Coffee and I posted pictures and people were like, I need this. I need like, you know, where can I get one? And I'm like, well, I, I, I don't have access to like whiskey barrels. So I had to do a bunch of research and figure out like how much they cost and how much it's going to cost the ship pallets to me. And, and all that stuff and then we figured out like all the tiers my girlfriend did all the the write-up and stuff like that cause she's a really good reader and writer and she does good at that thing and I'm <laughs> good at the woodwork and uh so yeah and then we we're just like well let's let's launch it and see what we get and then we'll just make them like we didn't really have a goal in mind like we just wanted to we just wanted to give people the opportunity to to get them if they wanted it you know so 
and a lot of people are going to get them. A lot of people are going to get them. I think we're probably at like 400 plus vaults that I got to make. That is crazy. That is, you must be thrilled beyond words, I'm sure. Yeah. And I mean, like as, I mean, it's cool to like see the, the money aspect, obviously as a business and doing this for a living, knowing that, you know, your, your bills are going to be paid, but like this Kickstarter is literally going to put us in a position to give somebody else a job. You know, that to me, that's more than, you know, making the money. Like, it's like, Hey, we got to a place where we can let somebody else come into what we've created, give them a job, you know, in a time where jobs are scarce, you know, and, and have somebody enjoy what they do, you know, have a good working environment. So that's, that's what's been really cool to me because I wanted to get to that point and we were kind of, we were slowly progressing, but then this Kickstarter is like, okay, boom, we're going to be able to do this, you know? So that's been really special. And then in theory, you bring somebody else to help increase your capacity and then expand your business that much more, hire somebody else, potentially go into a different product product line and and it all sort of the trajectory is it's sort of amazing considering you know you said you played your first Dungeons and Dragons game a year and a half ago you started your company just over a year ago and now you're to the point where you're hiring staff to help you support your business it's really an amazing Dungeons and Dragons success story in a lot of ways it's been really cool like to think that there's enough room in this space to to make a career out of it hopefully i mean i want i want to do this for years to come like who wouldn't you know but uh yeah so i mean like it's it's crazy like when i ran my furniture business i i always wanted like a cnc machine like that was always like man i wish i had one of these could make some cool parts we could do some cool things it never happened, you know, like it just never happened. So when I made like DM screens to, you know, while I was working my job, I stashed all that money away in a savings fund. I'm like, okay, I have enough. I can buy a CNC machine now. Like I could finally get something that I wanted, you know, and then I just like, oh, let's make some dice boxes. Like, let's see how this does. You know, it wasn't, it was, it was all out of like fun and like as a hobby. And, you know, like last week I bought my second CNC machine because, you know, we're bursting at the seams, like for dice vault orders. And I'm like, I got to increase capacity. We're going to have to bring somebody on. We're going to have to, you know, we got a laser engraver coming. So we're going to start offering that. Like, it's just going to keep progressing until, you know, maybe we get into a different game, like, you know, doing different things for different games besides D and D, you know? So, so yeah, it's, it's been a ride and it's been fun. And I know you debuted them in the Jasper's game stream, but you're doing something special for pride month, right? Yeah. So we, um, I, I've been looking at like this material called Spectraply and Spectraply is like birch veneer that they dye different colors and they press it together with like adhesive, almost like plywood. Um, but you can get different colors. So I was like, I need to do like a rainbow, like nobody, nobody does this, you know? So I searched the internet and I finally found a company that will custom make color combinations. And so like, Hey, I need a rainbow color. And they're like, okay, yeah, it's cool. So I, I ordered one in, I made the first vault and it was like, Oh my God, this is, 
this is incredible. Like, you know, obviously I'm biased on my own work, but like just to see like that kind of uh, material being used, like it's something new, it's something unique. And that's what I want to bring to the space is like a twist on something. Cause anybody can make a dice vault out of Walnut or Purple Heart, you know, we're the only ones that have this Spectraply stuff. And so for the month of June, we launched it back in May because people really wanted it. Um, we launched Pride Vaults. And so each sale that we do, we're donating $10 of that to the Trevor Project. And we're going to do it probably through, through June, but then we may just offer it all year round, you know, and then just keep donating, you know, cause I mean, June's pride month, but like, I don't want to just show my support for that community. Um, one month a year, mm-hmm. like, you know, so why not make it available all the time? And we're doing, uh, we're a part of Hi- heartbeat dices Kickstarter right now. Um, they're doing pride dice and then ice cream dice is doing what launching their Kickstarter for their pride line. Um, in like a week after this. So we both have, we have vaults that are going towards that as well. So it's kind of cool to be and you know, making those for, you know, that, that side of our community and those that support it. For those who don't know what the Trevor project is, do you mind giving them a, a bit of an idea what the charity you're supporting is? Yeah. So the Trevor project, they uh, are almost like a, almost kind of like Jasper's game day, like suicide awareness and they have resources for the LGBTQ community um they have their own hotlines and 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 outreach programs so you know we've thought it would be fitting to to donate to them because they're they're really a really upstanding you know charity in the community and you know worldwide understand yeah being from being from canada it's not a charity that i'd heard of so i just wanted to make sure everybody knew uh, the good cause that you were supporting so Anthony, thanks very much for chatting with me today. I really appreciated the opportunity to get to know you a little better. I know we had uh, had some time to talk on the stream, but this was uh, a really great conversation. And I just want to say thanks for, for giving me a little bit of insight into Talent and Claw. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was, it was a lot of fun. And hopefully we'll be able to play in many more games together soon. Yeah, for sure. I've got a song just for you. <laughs> That's the uh, the one thing that uh, I, I'm doing is is Flip is going to be singing all of my uh, intros because I can't afford to pay for music. There you go. <laughs> so, all right, Anthony, take care. Thanks so much. All right, thank you so much. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's it. That's the end of the first show. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed producing it. Next Monday, I'm talking to Jason Azevedo, the celebrity dungeon master for Realmsmith.tv. We talk about his origins in Dungeons & Dragons, the beginnings of his company, and a whole host of other things. Until then, thanks for listening, and remember, if the die is cocked, it doesn't count. Take care. Yay!